The team at Weight Inclusive Innovators is going to Mexico City and you're invited. There's something magical about getting out of the day-to-day routine. It's even better when you pack your bags, hop on a flight, and land in a new city. From August 20th to 25th, join us as we settle into our apartments in the neighborhood of La Condesa, visit all the local coffee shops that Mexico City has to offer, and dedicate time to work on our businesses. This means a whole work week to brainstorm your business's future, set goals for the next year, and get caught up on all those admin tasks that keep getting pushed to the wayside. And you didn't think we'd be all work and no play, did you? Well, our primary goal is to dedicate time to work on the biz and give ourselves space to dream and scheme. We can't go to Mexico City and not experience the vibrant culture that it has to offer. That's why we planned a night of salsa lessons at Mamba Roomba and a cooking class from local culinary experts. Early bird registration is now open for our Mexico City trip. Spots are limited and you do not want to miss out on this amazing opportunity. Come hang out with us, work on your Spanish and work on your business in person in Morgan's favorite city. Head on over to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash Mexico City 2023 to sign up or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Pod. Today, we are going to be reflecting on our younger entrepreneurial selves and share three things we are so thankful we did when starting our businesses, and also three things that we so wish we would have done in the beginning or just sooner in our business. But before we dive into today's episode, we're going to check in with Hannah. Hello, Hannah. Good morning. Good evening. Whatever time it is for you. Whenever you're listening to this. Hello. What were your business highs and lows of the week? I am going to say that my high is being done with grad school. Officially. Officially. Oh my God. I'm on the website for graduation. So I guess they're going to let me graduate regardless of what I get in my final capstone project. It, it feels so fucking good. I can't even describe like just the relief of not having it in the back of my mind, worrying about like what I'm going to do my homework or which coffee shop I'm going to go to in the evening to get shit done and how late I'm going to have to stay up and how that's going to impact my sleep. Blah, 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 blah. It feels so fucking good. I'm like, wow, I'm done. I accomplished something. You can call me Hannah Turnbull, RDN, MSOL. I'm not sure how to write the letters yet, but um, I'm so happy to be done. Yay. Did your professor give you a lot of feedback on your first draft? I know like two weeks ago, last week, whenever we checked in, you were like, I don't know how many edits they're going to give me. Not a lot at all. It took me 15 minutes to do the edits. It was beautiful. I was so fucking happy. Honestly, the capstone was pretty easy compared to what I thought it would be. And it was so nice because the professor gave us like scripts essentially Mm, and examples. So I think they know, like by the time you get to the end of the program, you're fucking done. Yeah. So they really gave us a lot of tools to like finish it up. So it's been like a butterfly effect for me of, I don't have this thing to worry about. 
I have more space and time. My nervous system's more regulated. I'm getting to see more people in my life and feel more work-life balance. And that feels really good. And so when I'm working also, I feel more focused as well. So like, I just, it's just been a really good, good week. Um, yeah, nothing big to report. Just right in the high of being done with grad school. My low senioritis, but make it masters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Majorly like two months ago that started my low this week is I'm going to say my low is we're offboarding one of our dietitians because she's moving. And so it's bittersweet. It's totally okay. She's going to get a job somewhere at her new state and it's going to be awesome. But it's just anytime there's a change in the team, even if it makes sense, it's kind of like blah. So we're going to be helping her off board. And then we are going to be hiring two to three more dietitians this year. So going to, going to need to get the energy to ramp up and do that. But today is a super sleepy day, super sleepy day. That's my low. I had a super sleepy day yesterday. Did not want to do much of anything. So I totally feel that. I feel like the weather is the thing that decides if it's a sleepy day or not for me. I was telling you this morning, it's like 75 in Denver, but the sun's not out. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? This sucks. So like, I want to be, I want it to be warm and sunny. Yes. Yes. Where's my sun? It's my dopamine. Yeah. Um, What are your highs and lows? I will, I will wrap up my highs and lows into one and it's kind of both like professional and personal. So last Friday, I signed a like short-term contract with my church to do like hospitality and communication support which is so exciting. They had someone, they were just like needing a little extra support and basically like the title of the, I mean, it's like hospitality, but basically the like primary goal is to create a warm and welcoming environment for people, which I love doing. You fucking got that. Yeah. Like I'm really good at. So you in a nutshell, you in a nutshell. Yeah. And so, uh, and I, I'm already like pretty involved anyway. And so the fact that it's like a paid position and it's with a community that I really love and they, they're just really great. And so I met with our lead pastor last week, talked it through, signed the contract Friday night and, uh, Woke up Saturday morning with a text message from the church that there had been a fire at the house next Mm -hmm. to our building and it was so severe that it caused really significant damage to our space. Like so severe that we're going to be out of there for at least probably six months or so. Holy shit. Yeah. And we just moved in in February and it was like a labor of love. Like we went in and painted and it's like in a historic home in my neighborhood. And so there's just been a lot of like mixed feelings with that because I literally signed this contract to create this warm, welcoming space and then woke up the next morning to find out that we don't have a space. Mm, I'm so sorry. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. It's just, I like forget fires are a thing. Yeah. And so it was just like, yeah. So there's just been like a lot of emotion with that this week. And I um, have been supporting with, I mean, loosely supporting with like finding a temporary space for the next few months. 
and kind of taking charge the next two Sundays that we're meeting. We're going to be meeting actually at Tenfold, my favorite coffee shop. Um, Yay, silver lining. Their vanilla lattes are fucking dope. So good. So good. Um, And there's just like transition happening in the church. One of our pastors is getting out of ministry completely and going to something else. And then we have Mother's Day the next weekend. And we usually do like a lot for the moms of our community. And so just figuring out what that new role looks like. Um, and also like taking care of my mental health within all of that of like wanting to be, did you, have you ever watched eat, pray, love? Did we watch that together? I don't think we watched that together, but I have seen it and I did love it. Of course. Okay. There's like one specific part where it's whenever Liz Gilbert is in India and she like just starts her like vow of silence. And then the person was like, we have new people coming in tomorrow and we want you to be the one to welcome them. And we often like dub this role as like little miss goody two shoes as like the, the welcomer. And so like, that's what I feel like right now. Um, and just trying to figure out kind of like, yeah, just trying to figure out what that, what that role looks like. So it's kind of high and low bundled into one. I appreciate you bundling it into one. And I just want to reiterate how sorry I am and how devastating that would be. And just navigating the grief and the joy of the position, like totally makes sense that it's not completely separate of like, this is my high and this is my low. Sometimes it's a roller coaster. Um, So I, I hope that tenfold can serve as a temporary, amazing space and the church is going to be like a Phoenix. It, it burned down a little bit and now it's going to, come back better, come back better. And it's just like the, the community that comes together during hard times, like we already have a really awesome community. And so just knowing that our community is going to be great. So, yeah. And it's kind of a a reminder, I guess, like how they say home isn't a place. Mm -hmm. It's a community. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what we've been leaning on. So Mm. anyway, that's that. That is that on that there's other, things, there's other things that have been happening too, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Gosh, if we had to talk about all our freaking highs and lows, we would have a whole other podcast. So yes, <laughs> just dedicated to highs and lows, man. All right. You ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. We are reflective girlies. And we like to think about what we've done, where we've been, where we're going. And part of that is because that's how you learn. And they say something about history repeating itself. If you don't look at it, blah, blah, blah. I actually heard something recently that was like, it's not history necessarily that repeats itself. It's people who don't look at history. It's like people who repeat things. Mm. So we want you to learn from us. And we have some reflection thoughts today about the beginning of our businesses, the first three months, which was a long time ago for both of us, but we really tried to rack our brain to pull what we're glad we did in our first three months of business and what we wish we did. You want to kick us off? I do. I do want to add in a quick disclaimer before we dive into this. We're also people that are full believers in you have to kind of go through some of this 
to learn from it. Preach. Yes. And so uh, even though we're going to share three things that we wish we had done sooner, we also, I think I can speak for both of us, wouldn't have changed anything because we had to go through that in order to learn. And it it has got us to where we are in our business now. And so we definitely don't want to be like sharing these things of like hard and fast rules. If you didn't do this, or if you don't do this, like you're missing out, you're lagging behind. I don't know, whatever it is. These are just things as Hannah mentioned, we love to reflect on, on things. So just wanted to add in that little disclaimer before we get started. 100% because sorry, now I'm laughing because Heather pointed out, we say hundred percent a lot, ah! <laughs> which is so funny because you say a hundred percent and a thousand percent a lot. And I actually do edit some of them out during each episode. So the fact that Heather called us out called us out, called you out. Cause I don't, I don't know if I say that that much. Um, I don't know. I did not notice that I say it that much until she mentioned it. And then I was like, fuck, cause that's how I'm like, yes, one, like I am, I felt it just like, like I'm ready to come out anyway. We do find value in the road that we've taken that maybe wasn't the most straightforward or if we would have done things sooner, X, Y, Z, whatever, like, as you said, we have to do those things and you learn skills from those things too, which we can kind of talk about. So what are three things you're glad you did in the first three months? So the thing that sparked this idea to do this as a podcast episode was because I was thinking through um, a situation where a friend is wanting to start a VA business and I have been talking to someone recently and they're like, oh, I need a new VA. Can you connect us? And I was like, yes, but I haven't connected them yet because I was like, oh, should I just connect them to like your Gmail account or mm. do you want to start a separate email? Yeah. And so that was something that I did in the very beginning of my business was creating a separate email account strictly for anything design marketing related. To the point now where I I have an email for every revenue stream that I offer because it is so much easier to not get lost in your inbox. If you have everything separated, you're able to segment things a little bit more, compartmentalize them in your brain a little bit more. It is just so helpful to have things separated. And so that's my first thing that I'm really glad I did was create a separate email account that I could filter everything through. Can we pause on that for a second? Cause I have some thoughts about emails. One, I'm going to call myself out because my Hannah at nourished Colorado email is my everything as far as my personal life and nourished. So you are reminding me, I want to separate that. That's going to be my before the end of the year goals, but it's just so entangled. Cause that's where I spend the most time. I'm going to regress. The other thing I want to call out is we started this from the beginning of weight inclusive innovators and quickly switched when we had our website up. If your business is an at Gmail account, I want to just gently say, as soon as you can switch it to your website or your company name, you should do that. It's really not that much money. It's like $6 a month. Do it. The the elevation experience is just so much better. And if you're worried, people are going to still do your... So for example, we had weightinclusiveinnovators at gmail.com and now we're hello at weightinclusiveinnovators. If you're worried you're going to lose those old emails, 
you can link an alias account to where if people email you at gmail.com, it will come to your new email. I'm yes. going to get off my soapbox now. Email forwarding. Yes, it's magical. Um, also, would yeah, would definitely recommend that. I definitely had a Gmail for probably the first year, but um, I also had a business name switch. So also like make sure you're solid on the business name before yes. you set up your URL. Yes. We love you. It just looks more professional. It does. As soon as you do that. It does. Okay. The second thing that I am glad I did my first few months of entrepreneurship, which actually is a thing that I didn't do, is I am so thankful that I did not create a full website until I had some experience with my services under my belt. This one was a... Thank you. This one is a little interesting because I think you should have a website as soon as you start a business. But I think there is some really strong magic in having a website that is literally a quick little one pager. You don't even have to scroll on the website. Having something that you can send people to with a button to connect with you is all you need to start out. Yes. My services that I was going to offer, that I was offering in the beginning, drastically changed within a matter of a couple of months because I started getting my toe wet. I started figuring out the types of services I liked and didn't like, very similar to like, you know, figuring out the type of people you like to work with, diagnoses you like to work with, things like that. Get some experience under your belt first before you like spend all of this time and energy in building out this like gorgeous services page if your services might change. And money. Yeah. Save your resources until you're sure. One page is great. One pagers. I love one page websites. And the third thing I'm very glad I did was not jump into my design business full time when I was only a couple months into doing it. I started my design studio, like really, I like dabbled in entrepreneurship design stuff when I was in my master's program and dietetic internship. But whenever I was in Italy, spring of 2018 was when I really like developed my branding and branding and web design studio. And I came back from that trip and I was like, this is going to be my full-time job. I'm going to make this work. I have no clue how I'm going to make this work because I literally only had one client and I, they paid me like 500 bucks max. And I, for over the span of three months. And so I had no clue how I was going to make that work, but I was like dead set on making that my full-time job and not working as a dietitian. And I am so thankful that I allowed myself to work a full-time job, knowing that that was not going to be the end all be all, but work a full-time job. So I could continue to build my business on the side until I knew what the F I was doing with my design studio. I love that. And I think a lot of people will find camaraderie in that too, because it's not realistic to be like, fuck it. I'm just going to figure this out. You can, but also you need things to take care of yourself. So, right. Well, there's so much, like, I feel like there's so much comparison. Like I had that thought in my brain because I was a part of a Facebook community of people who I saw their end goal. And I didn't know them when they were in the beginning, working that full-time job, hustling, building. I just saw the end goal. And I was like, oh, I can, I can do the end goal without realizing that their beginning looked a lot different than where they were now. Yes. Which kind of ties back to what we talked about in the long game episode of Mm -hmm. we sometimes get caught up in where other people are before having our own journey. And that's part of having your own journey is needing to have a job while you start your business, 
you don't just arrive. Mm -hmm. What are your three things that you're glad you did in the first few months of biz? Okay. I know we didn't mention this from the beginning. And if you've been a longtime listener, you know that my scope of practice has been private practice, group practice, and Morgan's has been design, strategy, marketing, all that good stuff. So with us, with a sprinkle of working as a dietitian in there. Yes. Just a little sprinkle. little sprinkle. So mine are, mine are really informed from that lens. So the first one is I'm so fucking glad from the beginning of my private practice that I took insurance. That was always never a question. It made sense in my brain of like, oh my God, if people have insurance. And again, this was naive, but someone has insurance, they can come see me and pay $20 out of pocket for their copay or get free visits with me. And this is paid for by insurance. Like that's going to be a major reduction in a barrier for somebody to come and see me. Like I'm going to figure that out. So why I'm glad is one that allowed my business to grow quicker than I think it would have been. There's some statistics out there that say if you're a private practice, private pay, it can, and maybe this has changed since the pandemic because people need our services more. Um, but usually two to three years to be full with clients, private pay, I would say. Um, and again, I know there's always an exception to the rule. Someone could be like, I'm full at 10 clients and it only took me three months. Cool. Love that for you. Um, but I needed a full caseload to take care of myself, which was at the time when I was solo 24 to 28 people, which I know is a lot. And so I was able to be full way quicker. And also that's how I've been able to grow my group practice. And at the same time, because I got so in the weeds and learned about insurance myself and used resources, like now I consult with people about it. Right. And I help them do it in their businesses and their groups and their private practices. So it was definitely the figure it out mentality of I'm just going to figure this out. And then I did. And I'm glad I did. Even when insurance drives me fucking nuts and I'm like laying on the floor dead with all these EOBs laying all over me dramatically. Um, EOBs is explanation of benefits. That is correct. If if you know, you know. (laughs) If you know, you know. The second thing I'm happy that I did was I got an office space before I was ready. And so I had started my practice virtual in fall of 2017, AKA I had one client. And then I moved to Denver in May, 2018, and I got my office in June, 2018. And so I shared an office with another therapist, which was great because I only had two days in, was pretty low cost for my business, but I didn't really have the clients yet. But having that space, there was kind of a woo-woo piece of it of like, I have this space where clients can come to now, and that's going to help bring in the clients, even though I still need to do my marketing, networking, make Mm -hmm. sure I'm getting supervision. So I'm a, you know, proficient clinician, still having that space almost changed my mindset a little bit and can't say the universe didn't deliver and give me clients because I had space to see them and people had a space to send them to as well. It's also like like that mental uh, kind of boost of like, holy shit, I'm doing it. Yes. I'm legit. I'm legit. You don't have to have an office to be legit. That's right. Especially a different, it's a different time. It's a very virtual time right now. Right. But, but at that time you were starting, that was the norm to have yep. an office and you had one. Yep. And the third thing kind of ties into that as well is I'm really glad I got an office space in a suite with other clinicians. 
So there's twofold here. One is it helps me with confidence of I have other people around me that I can talk to that understand. I also had referral and networking sources right in my office space. So a client could go from one person's office into mine. And also it really allowed me to settle in what I could envision for my own group practice. So I wasn't in a group practice. We were all had our own individual businesses within the same space, but we had a shared common room and we would get together. And a lot of these folks are still really good friends of mine and we hang out and it's awesome. So uh, I got so much out of that, of just being around like-minded clinicians. I think I would have had a way different experience if I would have just got an office in a building by myself with architects and lawyers, right? which is what is in my building now, but we have our suite of dietitians and obviously I'm a group now. So it's not as important that the people around us are the same, but I'm really glad I started there. Yeah. I remember. So I obviously, I, I never did private practice, but I uh, worked at a medical practice that shared office space with a dietitian. And then even working in higher level of care was such easy access to therapists as a dietitian. It makes such a difference being able to just be right there and collaborate with them. Yes. 100%. So nice. So nice. All right. Things we wish that we would have done sooner. It's funny I say this now because this is like what I tell people now. And it's, you know, what I wish younger, what a younger Morgan would have heard as well of not letting the fear of judgment hold me back from having a presence on social media. Mm. I thought I had to have all of my ducks in a row slash chickens corralled before I could. Before I could post on social media, I thought I had to have this perfect strategy. I thought I had to have this like perfectly perfect seeming life. And it was hard to show up human. I Mm. think there's been some shifts in that because like that would have been right around the time of like the rise of influencers. And I think things have kind of pendulum swinged back more towards being a little bit more real, more so on TikTok than Instagram. I feel like TikTok is, or that Instagram is still pretty curated, but I can appreciate the curation now and show up as human in my stories. Anyway, the two things I wish I would have been told is do it afraid Mm. or be scared and do it anyway. Because you have to push that boundary of of comfortability in order to figure out where your threshold is and learn and grow from it. It's a good one. The second thing that I wish I would have done sooner, and I wish I would have done this like way sooner. I just changed this in my business, <laughs> which Five is embarrassing. Years in. No, it's awesome. It's, it's real. so embarrassing. So I uh, wish I would have uh, gotten on board with a system where I could have people sign contracts electronically way sooner. How what did I did before. I literally sent them a PDF and they had to figure out how to input their signature onto it. Oh, that, that's normal. no, nope. I lost, I for sure lost people because oh. of it, because it was so much harder to have to like open it up and preview, input your signature, save it, send it back. than it is to click on a button, type your name that looks like a signature and hit send all digital. Okay. Listen, if that's going to deter someone. That's it would, it would deter me. Someone just sent me a contract the other day that I have to like download and figure out how to fill it out. And I haven't done you, it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you're eventually going to get it done. 
But so I guess what you're saying is like, it makes it easier for people to get it back to you faster and be more committed in a way. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And it's nice for me, instead of having to go search through all of my emails to find their signed contract, I have them all in, I use Signaturely and it's lovely. So I can still create because I was doing that because I wanted my contracts to be branded. So they looked really pretty. And so I create them all in Canva, download them as a PDF, sent them over. Whereas now I can download them as a PDF, upload them into Signaturely and just like put in a little box where they need to sign it. It's just like, it just feels easier. Okay. Love it. The other thing I wish I would have done sooner, which again, also just did this recently. And I was like, wow, I literally had the thought, wow, why didn't I do this sooner? (laughs) Is the writing a script for discovery calls. That way I have an outline of how I want to guide people through a discovery call and specific things that I want to say and make sure that I get across as well as have a list of frequently asked questions that I get asked on discovery calls. So I have an answer for them. I don't know why I didn't do this sooner, but I was literally going into each discovery call being like, well, hope for the best. (laughs) And then I started having like a, like a note section on my computer that I could type into while they were talking. And I like have a flow of exactly what I want to get through. And just one, it makes me feel like I have my shit together Two, It probably makes them assume that I have my shit together, which I do because it's more streamlined. Um, but I feel like it's just like a better experience for everyone. I could totally see that from the beginning at nourished, we've had a discovery call with a script and that's part of our training for new clinicians. And it's a very, it's not a script as in like robotic, it, it shifts. It just gives you a little bit of structure for the call, which helps some flow. It prevents the people that are wanting to have 45 minute discovery calls. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I definitely could benefit from doing that for my business coaching because Mm. I do the same thing. I'm like, okay, I know people like to use the space to brain dump. So I let them do that. But when it comes to talking about my services and things, I, I think I can do that better, um, in a more streamlined way and make sure the call's efficient and helpful. So you're inspiring me. I might have to do that. It's never too late to do that. It's never too late. All right. Your turn. Okay. So mine are related to my private practice and I'm going to say these things aren't necessarily in the first three months and I'll kind of explain why, but definitely in the first year. So the first one is I wish I would have hired a biller sooner. Hear me out. I know you can do your own insurance billing. People do it. There's EHRs that make it easier these days. I think it's so fucking worth the money and you can grow so much faster if you don't have to have your shit all wrapped up in that. It's so much brain space. I know people have a hard time letting go of control and pointing at myself because that's how I was too, because it's money. It's like wanting to make sure you capture every piece of money from insurance because it can be a mess. And you have to find a really good biller to get that done for you. And I know it's another expense, et cetera. Listen, if you're in your own solo practice, growing into group, like you have to look at the amount of money it's actually costing you versus your time and how you could be growing the business. Whether you want to look at a percent of total revenue or you want to, I like to break it down into client hours and see how that kind of aligns. So let's say your billing is $300 a month. Again, this is a made up number. You know, that's about two or three client sessions for a month for somebody else to do that bullshit. So even though I'm glad I did it myself in the beginning so that I know a lot about insurance, I am so 
like, I wish I would have hired a biller sooner. And I did hire it pretty soon in my practice. I think I was probably three to six months in where I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to do this. I want to make sure I get paid. (laughs) And then somebody else is tracking this. Um, And with that, I wish I would have set up my EFTs sooner. EFTs are electronic fund transfers, which means that insurance deposits money directly into your account. A lot of insurance companies will send you a almost like HSA card where you have to type in a gift card to get paid from them or a paper check. And it's such a time suck. We still get a handful of them. And every time I get mail, I'm like, yay money, but boo, this sucks. This is such a time suck. So we're still trying to like, see where our inefficiencies and why the EFTs aren't set up. Shout out to Caitlin for doing that for me. I also wish I would have taken time off sooner. So I'm giving the caveat of like, This one may not necessarily be in the first three months because you need that traction and to really be hitting the ground running and getting momentum in your business. But I really went way too long without taking time off in fear and scarcity of what if I miss something or what if like clients come and then I can't get them in. Listen, again, long game. You have to take time off. You have to make this sustainable for you. And the third thing is I wish I would have done more research in EHRs. So um, the first EHR I had was Calyx. It was totally fine and great, but I did it because it was the only one I'd heard of and I was just ready to get going. And we had to switch to some, we didn't have to, but it was better for our whole team to switch to simple practice. It at the beginning of 2022, oh, it's been a year now awesome. Um, it was such a fucking pain in the ass <laughs> to change EHRs. So I wish I would have done more research in the beginning and picked one that I really liked. Again, I don't regret it because I got a lot of experience with Calyx. I think Calyx is great. I really like simple practice and my team enjoys it too. It's so user-friendly. And even though it's more expensive, it's worth every penny. I know people did a lot of pushback for simple practice whenever they increased their prices, but listen, we're entrepreneurs. Like you have to raise your rates. Companies are going to raise their rates. And I think it's totally appropriate what all you get with simple practice for what they charge. That's my soapbox. Wish I would have done those things sooner. It's a great soapbox. Also, if you um, want some insight into Hannah's switch from Calyx over to simple practice, you could probably go listen to one of our early episodes because I know we talked about what a pain in the ass that switch was. <laughs> and really, it's only a pain in the ass, partially because I'm a group and we transferred like 10 people over, but also we just had like three, four years of stuff that mm-hmm. we had to move. So if you're one year into your group or one year into your practice and you're like, you know what? I don't love my EHR. Don't be afraid to change, but make the change sooner rather than later. Even if it's more money, again, think about the expense versus the revenue you're bringing in, what it's going to give you all that stuff. Like, don't be afraid to make those decisions sooner. And I also recommend waiting Unlike the start of a quarter or the start of a year, though, just to make it a nice, clean cut for you. Yep. Send us your things. What are three things that you uh, are really glad you did in the beginning or and or three things that you wish you would have done sooner? We uh, love some good reflection. We hope you use this as a way to reflect on your business and maybe collectively we can put together a very long list of things that we wish would have done. And everyone's business is different. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Pod. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast and add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review. Get us in front of more people. Share with a business bestie to help us reach weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. We will see you next week. Goodbye.